This show is brought to you by Brain First Training Institute, ICF accredited coach certifications and applied neuroscience training. To become a brain-based coach, get certified in applied neuroscience and stay up to date with what's happening in the world of applied neuroscience and coaching, join our Brain First community over at brainfirsttraininginstitute.com. Hey, it's Ramon and welcome to Brain Coach Radio, where we hear from expert coaches, leaders and trainers who are using applied neuroscience to help their clients get life-changing results. We discuss various coaching topics, neuroscience insights, business tips and much more, all to help you succeed. Now, let's get into the episode. No interruptions. Enjoy, my friends. So talk to us about this journey that you've been on from when you very first started to this badass workshop that you just delivered. Okay. So I, um, I studied psychology um, and at the age of 18, um, I didn't know what I was about, what I had, what I could do in life actually at all. Um, and they make you choose a pick, choose a path at the age of 18 because you have to enroll to whatever um, university. And I remember my philosophy teacher putting a, a video of the life of Freud, Sigmund Freud. <laughs> and that was it. I was like, is this, this is what I'm going to be doing. So I went back home and I said to my parents, I'm going to be studying psychology. They were like, what? Like at that, that generation, my generation, um, everyone was doing economics or law. These were the two things that mostly everyone was doing. Psychology wasn't really like, my, my dad was like, <laughs> they looked at me really confused. I had absolutely no doubt that that was exactly what I wanted to do. So I did my degree in psychology. Um, and then the last year, they got me to do some work experience in a hospital of anorexia and bulimia. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I didn't want to be a psychologist. <laughs> a psychologist. <laughs> and I was even more confused. Um, I realized that I love the brain, matters of the brain. Um, um, we touched, now I realized that we touched uh, uh, some neuroscience in, in during the degree. And that was actually my favorite um, part of the degree. Um, but then when I got to work in a hospital, um, that's not the type of life I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then I, I, I said, my God, I just, you know, invested four years of my life into something that I don't really want to work on. Um, and I was a little bit in limbo. Um, and I went to London to learn English. I thought, okay, well, I don't know what to do with my life, but English is going to be useful for anything I want to do. So let me just go to London um, for six months. And I never came back. <laughs> I never came back to Spain. <laughs> so I was meant, I was meant, I was 24. Um, I was meant to be in London for six months and then go back to Spain. Um, but I didn't. I knew from the very first moment I landed in London, that was my city. I, I knew from the very first day that that was in six months, as much as my family made their best to actually take me back, but that never happened. Um, so after my English, I studied a master's on business psychology, 
which was a way to use my degree, but in a business context. Yeah. Um, and that took me to HR. So I started to work in HR um, in fashion, first in Burberry and then in Dior. Um, and that six months in London turned eight years. Um, and then, and then um, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm done now with my London life. You know, I, I did so much. I worked for the greatest brand, so many opportunities, you know, so many studies. I did so much. I felt, you know, I had reached the end of my um, London episode. Um, and just like this, um, a headhunter called me saying that there is, was a shake um, that owned a company, uh, the retail partner of all the super brands in the Middle East, and that he was looking to um, expand the business and he was looking for a people director. So here I am, back in my London life, selling my furniture and heading to Kuwait out of all places. Wow. Kuwait being a closed Islamic country, by then I was 30 years old, single, like women in Kuwait, they do not go by themselves. They are the wives of an expat. So you just don't go to Kuwait as a single Spanish woman. Um, and um, that was incredible. Like as much, again, intuition again the inner voice again I realized every time I listened to my inner voice things are just amazing you know my family went like wait you are ruining your career I was working for Dior and I was living in London why are you leaving London to go to Kuwait why are you leaving to Dior to come and work to some retail partner I mean what are you like this is career suicide um Dior themselves they said well you know this is really odd what you're doing but we never really thought you were so interested in the Middle East if you really like that market we can give you the same role in Dubai I was like no 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 I have to go to Kuwait wait I have to go and work for this shake um and that was amazing that was amazing against what everyone told me against what my logic told me because of course you know if you think rationally you would <laughs> never have done it <laughs> um so intuition, inner voice, I went in there, I said, okay, I don't really have much expectations. Let me just do, do this for two years, for a couple of years. Let's see how that goes. Um, and I ended up remaining three years in Kuwait and one year in Dubai with the same company. So that two years turned into four years. Um, and then uh, um, in Dubai, I met the Italian husband, which explains why I'm in Italy now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and from uh, from uh, from Dubai, I went to very north of Italy, uh, which is right by the border with Switzerland. Switzerland, the south of Switzerland, the Italian Switzerland, which is where all the headquarters of the big brands are. Mm. And so I started the um, European development of Michael Kors, which was already a huge brand in America, but it wasn't back in 2010, it wasn't um, in, in Europe. Um, and I joined a very small team that then became really big um, as, as the HR director. And I did that for six years. Um, in the me, in, during those six years, I became mom twice. And that's when your values change, your priorities change, your needs change. There is such a reshuffle in a woman's life um, when, um, when 
she becomes a mom, right? Um, I mean, and I'm saying that I, I was someone who had um, chased her career to odd places. Okay, right. I went to <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I would just work. Um, I was in love with what I was doing. Um, and I was not afraid to go to funky places for, because of my job. Um, and so here I am all of a sudden one day waking up feeling that 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 thing is not really that important anymore. And it's really weird feeling. It's a really weird feeling because 20 years of your life, you know, it's half of your life that you have been so driven and ambitious and passionate that you have gone and done and, you know, that you never really think that one day that is just not your number one priority anymore. And it just wasn't. Mm. And so um, it's kind of impossible to work that many hours with all that energy if it's not really your number one priority. Um, Still, I was in a denial because I was like, you know, you could feel it, but you go like, you tell yourself, oh, this is rubbish. Like, you know, how can it, how can it not be? Like, it's impossible. Like, who even are you? Who is this woman, this new woman <laughs> that you are becoming? Um, and so I was in a denial for four years. So I struggled for four years until I actually... Um, for four years, yeah, because my first son was born in 2012 and I actually quit in 2016. So I got myself to struggle for four long years. Wow. Until wow. one day I said, no, this is not working. This is not working. So I quit. It was, uh, it was, it was, an, it was really a very painful decision. Um, I don't think still today I haven't quite let go I think letting go of that huge piece of your life it's really difficult because it's a part of your identity right mm. you know you have been going around the world being this HR director for this and that and all these great brands so your identity is attached to that job and to all these fabulous companies that you have worked for and so all of a sudden you don't have that Job and you don't work for those fancy fabulous companies and you feel like you know really odd it's really odd um and then and then here's that's my story my story of my second part of uh, of my career um um you know 2016 my business started as something totally different um i started as a hr consultant and recruitment right and um, then I started to make some work with coaches and I, and, and, you know, they, we realized that here I was recreating a life that I had decided to quit for many reasons. It wasn't only motherhood. I hated recruitment. I hated recruitment. So here I am recreating and reinventing, not letting go of all those things that are not making my heart sing. Like how, you know, after, you know, the big courage that it takes to actually pull the trigger, at least just make it worth it, woman. Like, you know, let's just just make something that really. Um, and then I had this coach and I saw the light. Mm. 
because I said, my God, what she's doing with me, this is what I need to do with people. And by the way, this connects with my whole psychology that I loved and the master's in business psychology, which then my whole career in HR sort of shadowed that and put that under so much sun that I couldn't even remember anymore why what I love so much at the age of 18, you don't really remember anymore. Um, and then there is this coaching and this coaching connects and I started to connect the dots. And then I said, this is it. And this is it. This is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then in 2016, I started my qualification in coaching and I finished in 2018. Um, and then from there, you know, so um, before you started doing the coaching, you actually had a coach. And what were you being coached on at the time before you actually yeah. to become a coach? Yeah. So I was coached on career transition. Um, I knew that there was a shift that I needed to do in my mindset if I wanted to be a business owner. I had been an employee for a lifetime. Um, I think the mindset of an employee has to be different than the mindset of a business owner. I knew that um, I like to be quiet um, and I, I don't necessarily had to put myself out there. Um, as a HR director, you don't have to be, uh, you know, really going around and, you know, promoting and publicizing yourself. Um, and I was very much comfortable with this. Um, I realized that if I kept those behaviors, I wouldn't have a business for that much longer. You know, I struggled for, I thought, okay, I'm jumping into entrepreneurship with my employee mindset and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to be so successful because I have been so successful for 20 years that this is, this is just going to be easy peasy. Um, and, then, and then darkness, <laughs> I think, was happening. Um, and then I realized that, well, you know, even if you have had a really successful career in corporate for 20 years, that doesn't necessarily mean that you will have a really successful business because the behaviors and the skills and the mindset that are required in order to succeed in corporate is different than what is required in order to succeed in business. Um, and that... I didn't know what good looked like because I had never been there. Um, and I could just choose to discover myself, which would have been very slow and mm. painful. <laughs> or let me just partner with someone who has a really successful coaching business and can show me the way, right? Yeah. Um, and then... And then little I knew that by partnering with this coach, I actually would discover what I wanted, what, what I really wanted to do in life with, yes, wasn't really working in corporate, but no, wasn't also doing HR consulting and, and recruitment, you know, was, was really doing something else. Um, Yet was and then obviously all of the things that you've loved your entire adult life. Yeah, it's, it's actually a, an interesting point. Throughout my career in HR, I thought I, I studied the wrong thing. Um, so I said, oh my God, what was I thinking studying psychology? Like, what was I thinking? 
like I studied the wrong thing. Um, and then very recently, when recently in the past few years, I was like, oh my God, no. You know, I was younger and for sure less knowledgeable, but I guess I was more raw material and I was more loyal to what I wanted and what I liked. Yeah. When you start working in corporate, they put you so many layers on top that you, you cannot connect anymore. And in fact, when you actually connect with that thing, it just feels so far apart and you feel so alien that you cannot even connect anymore. Um, so very recent, I was like, no, no, I was totally right. You know, this is, this, is, this, is, this is what I love and see how it has all evolved and progressed. You know, 25 years of life from the moment you study psychology, then you get into this corporate and it gets so toxic and so busy and you are driven by the wrong things. And of course, then you become a mother. Motherhood is only a catalyst, right? Motherhood, it's, 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 it's a catalyst that is going to tell, it's, it's going to make worse whatever is not working. Mm. So this is, this, is, this is motherhood. Because if I would have been crazy in love with what I was doing, you find ways to make it work, even yeah. if you have become a mother. Okay, so mother, motherhood is not, it's not, you know, motherhood is just that thing that 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 makes it all float. If you want to, if if you know what I mean, yeah. it is like okay, well, this is not working, and and guess what? Now you're really gonna have to make the changes because now you, your time is precious. And, you know, you don't want to spend it doing things that do not light your soul when there is little people that are waiting for you at home. Exactly. And on top, I'm going to get a bitter and acid mom because she has had a ravish day at work. So the things you were not do it for yourself, you do it for your children, right? It's just crazy, right? <laughs> it's how it goes. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the story. That's a story of how eventually things align and uh, you manage to connect the dots and you find a reason of, you know, things just happen. And then years later, you find out why they happened. Uh, and how cool that you can trace it back and you go, wow, and connect all of these dots. Like it's, it's yeah. so kind of fascinating. I did a freaking amazing workshop on mastery goals. You would have been proud. And that really helped me to connect with my business again because it was very well perceived. I only did it for uh, past clients, past clients or current clients. So it wasn't for everyone, but people who has worked with me. I felt I felt a responsibility to actually do it because I discovered this new thing, Mastery Goals, which we didn't. So I told you I have a group program on career reinvention and we dedicate an entire module on goal setting and in the old program which has now been totally rewritten and updated you know incorporating all the bits that i learned throughout the, the certification um we didn't really touch mastery goals so when we finished i was like my god i owe my past clients like to share this piece which i think is going to really be very helpful and I did a workshop 
um, and it was amazing. Um, it, it resonated. I think possibly it was the best workshop ever that I have ever delivered. Um, the feedback was really great from, uh, from the clients. And in there, I learned that when you actually deliver something you are super passionate about and you wholeheartedly believe in it, you freaking rock it, right? 100%. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it's like, oh, let's meet. Because, you know, you can talk about many things, right? You can talk about procrastinating. You can talk about many things. Of course, there are some things that are closer to your being than others. Um, and I remember, you know, Ruth, Ruth, who was the person that, uh, um, you know, put me in touch with you. I remember doing a session with her and she said, so, okay, what's the objective of this workshop? Like wearing the sales funnel and the leads and where's, you know, what's the, 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 the agenda? And actually I said to her, no agenda. I'm doing for the, for the love of it. And she just looked at me like weird because, you know, people do workshops or masterclasses because you are trying to move people to eventually your program or, you know, you are trying, you know, there is all that part of the sales funnel and you are getting people into one place and you are meant to be taking them to somewhere else. So she said to me, so what happens after? I said, well, nothing happens after. I'm just doing this for the love of it. Um, uh, you know, these, 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 these are people that have done my program and it was all about performance goals. And I feel the responsibility to actually tell them, well, actually there is something else that is going to work way better uh, in other occasions. And this is why it's going to go better. And let's do all an exercise. And we did an exercise in the workshop, you know, where, where. Yeah, well, we, we, we said, okay, 10 years, who will I be? Who do I need to become? And then we reverse engineer. And I was giving people the time to actually write things out and so on. And they were, yeah, they loved it. But I remember Ruth was like, doing things for the love of it? What's going on? <laughs> like, you know, as a business owner, yes, you have to do things for the love of it, but you have also business to, to run. So yes, how about we do things for the love of it as well as, That's you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, you know, no strategy um, for the love of it. So, um, so a lot of lessons learned from that, you know, um, when you do something for the love of it, um, there is so much greatness coming up, coming out. Um, and from there, I said, okay, now I have to rewrite all my program. Um, so in terms of content, in terms of the videos, um, I have to incorporate, you know, everything I learned about um, neuroscience, not only about mastery goals, there is um, that piece of energy that I, if you remember that for me was a big breakthrough. You know, I just needed to understand the science behind it. Yeah. You know? It is how, yeah, it, I guess it's, 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 it's how the communication, you know, why, you know, I just, you just need something which, which is logic and which is proved and, 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 and science. And then I get it and then I understand it and then I, 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 I support it. Um, so 
um, I had to spend a good amount of time um, redoing the program. Um, I have turned it upside down um, and I will be relaunching it very soon. Nice. So, um, of course, the messaging and the communications has changed because I'll, now there is a lot of neuroscience into it before there wasn't. Um, and I think neuroscience, it's a word and a world that really connects with my type of clients. My type of clients are senior executives. So they do connect with being told how their brain works. They love it. They love it. Um, so it, it really helps me with the messaging. It really helps me to actually connect with that client. Um, I'm getting a lot of interest I'm getting a lot of people even coming to me asking, you know, we want to know more. What did you do it? Who did you do it with? It is something we as a senior executives would love to do it. So even if they are not coaches, they are interested to do this for themselves as a, you know, as a way to understand better how their brain works and how they can use that in order to maximize their potential or their performance. So, uh, so yeah. What were you doing? What were you doing before the neuroscience component? Before you added that, what was effective? What wasn't effective? Yeah. So, so I have been scratching my my brains for a long while, um, wanting to find my speciality. Um, there is so much going on in the world of coaching. You have NLP, you have transactional analysis, you have uh, hypnotherapy, you have so much. And I think they all work. Um, um, and, and, and you as a coach has, has to pick a lane, right? You have to pick a lane uh, and in which um, you will deliver or you will help your clients to, to deliver results. But you have to pick a lane. And I didn't pick a lane. Um, I was... Um, finding out, trying to find out, you know, what was, what was each of them and, and, and how did they relate to me and how could they relate to my clients? Um, so I wasn't specialized on something. I was, you know, I have, I have a, a diploma on coaching. I'm an ACC level. Um, I had been working in HR for, for 20 years. So in a way I have been coaching and, 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 and career coaching for all during, during my entire career. Um, but I always felt I needed the eyes on the cake. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and then I started to research about neuroscience and then my coach happened to say that she was doing the certification in neuroscience, which is when I, um, yeah, when I came to you. And I started the, the certification. Yeah. Little I know, little I knew that that summer I would have plenty of time to actually yeah. do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. What's the uh, the, the the silver lining, right? You're like, mm. hey, I've got some time to reevaluate now. <laughs> Learn, <laughs> reevaluate. Add some more. Add some more things. Add some more layers into what I, what what I'm currently doing. What um, what have you? With all honesty, I'm not done with the neuroscience. I want to do more. I feel that um, I've just scratched the surface. Yeah. Um, and I want to go deeper. 
so so I'm just you know possibly sooner or later I will be upgrading up leveling myself um on that on that direction so I know neuroscience is for me um it resonates very well with my clients I want to become more of an expert mm. what um what have you noticed with your clients when adding the neuroscience I mean you've said they're they're a lot more interested what have you noticed in terms of maybe from the feedback that they've been giving you about the sort of result that they're getting, how it's impacting what they're doing? Um, they find interesting to understand really how the brain works. Um, they, I can see in their eyes, for example, when we talk about the importance of um, taking breaks and disconnecting, and they look at you like, yeah, as if, you know, I have this uh, super high demanding job or I cannot take breaks. But then when you tell them um, the impact on their brain and the serotonin and cortisol levels and what happens when the cortisol levels are really high um, and they go into that stress mode, um, creative thinking is low, uh, problem solving is low, uh, you know, it is, you know, your cognitive performance, it is effective. Then they go like, oh, yes then I have to have a break because um, this is going to, you know, affect the way I perform at work. And allegedly, um, you know, it's a win-win situation. I think this whole break thing for senior executives has a negative connotation. It is mm -hmm. a negative connotation of, are oh, you being lazy? You know, who, you know, who am I to be taking so many breaks? There is that guilt feeling um that they have if they take for example a long weekend you know um they, they 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 do it but then there is you know they're always on call or answering you know so they don't really do it um they do it just to tick that box but if they don't really know what does that to their brains and how can that be beneficial then they really don't buy into it mm. i see this phase of total amusement when you start to talk about cortisol levels and cognitive thinking and problem solving and all that, that is a language that resonates very well with them. Um, that as an example, um, you know, there is a million of examples we could, we could, we could share, but, 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 but burnout, um, it's something not uncommon with senior leadership. Um, so it is something that we talk a lot, and I have been talking a lot um, in the past. My message, my message wasn't quite getting through because I was missing the whole reasoning that they can understand Why, and they can, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, what about for you? What what have you noticed when incorporating this into your own life? What sort of impact has it had since you've been? incorporating the neuroscience yeah yeah um i'm actually using that a lot with the sport and dieting more than anything yeah um it's uh um the whole performance goals and mastery goals i am using that a lot with dieting like for example when i would um, maybe in the past, I would say, okay, I'm not going to eat this and that and the other because I want those five kilos less at the end of uh, in three months' time. And by the way, that never really worked. Um, 
Um, now it's it's bigger than that. It's not outcome focused. It's not um, I want those five kilos less. Now it's I want to feel more energetic, and I know that gluten doesn't make me feel energetic. And I know that because I've done my blood analysis and they have told me a million times that that is not good for me, mm. regardless of the kilos and the weight. <laughs> so you see, it's about not wanting to be thinner, but uh, not want, not eating this that I know that I've been told because, because of all the, the analysis I have done that that is not something my body tolerates well. Mm. Um, and so, yes, you eliminate some things of your diet, not because you want five kilos less, but because you want to feel a hundred percent and really full of energy. Mm. Um, and when you start to feel that full of energy, then you become unstoppable, right? Um, then, then that's it. You become in that loop that you will never. Um, yeah. Now, you, okay, we get rid of the gluten. Now we're gonna get rid of that glass of wine at night because. Even if it's one glass of wine, you do wake up in the morning feeling a little bit absolutely heavy, right? Not quite right. Even if it's just <laughs> a little bit, like ten yes. percent can make a big difference to over the course of four or five hours of the morning. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about you know they tell you all oh, wine has so much uh, sugar that if you want to lose five kilos, you're going to have to eliminate that glass of wine for dinner. Well, that never really worked because, you know, I guess losing weight wasn't so much of a big thing for me at the end of the day. On the other hand, you know, waking up, feeling really awake and not having the fog and not feeling like, oh my God, it's going to take like 10 coffees in order to get me up. (laughs) Which then you only make things worse. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a negative loop. Yeah. Um, so, so would you uh, say that there's some values things going on there? Like you value a healthier, energetic, sharp, focused uh, lifestyle and a sharp, focused mind over like an aesthetic goal of, uh, you know, maybe a few kilos? Yeah. And then in there, we again talk about goals, about intrinsic and strictic, right? Mm. So, you know, um, looking, looking good um, possibly is something very extrinsic, which is why, um, yes, you crack on on a diet for two or three weeks and then week four, you are just like, <laughs> it's all those new year resolutions that never, that never really arrived to the month of February. Um, There's a a short-term component too, because like, you know, that if you eat well today and you don't have the wine tonight, that tomorrow you're probably going to feel a difference. Whereas the weight loss thing, you're probably not going to see any difference until like, you know, maybe a month down the track or at least a few weeks, you might notice a little bit of a difference. Yeah. So there's that bias as well. It's like, oh, I feel the difference now making these changes. And guess what? If I continue to do that, probably over time, I'm going to get closer to the aesthetic goal than if I just focus on the aesthetic right. goal. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. The feeling great, the feeling great is so is so intrinsic, right? I mean, it's got, you know, you just, you know, you wake up with a total different uh, um, energy and here we are talking about energy again. Like, what's the world come to? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people 
Um, you know, what I've observed is that there's still a lot of people out there talking about energy, but they don't actually talk about it in a real world, tangible evidence-based way. It's just this fluffy abstract concept that does stuff rather than actually looking at it from a, an evidence-based perspective and having an understanding of that. We've got to have that evidence. It's like, come on, man, you're talking about this fluffy abstract thing called energy. Like show me what the effect is, what it does, you know, what's going on in the nervous system and all these sorts of things. Otherwise, like we could all just make up a word and call it something and say that it does something <laughs> else. Right. 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 That's exactly it. So what, um, what, are, what are some of the other ways you're applying the neuroscience, either to yourself or, or in work? Um, I do find myself, though, um, doing a lot of research, which is why I know I have only touched the surface and I will be possibly upgrading myself at some point or another. What are you looking into at the moment with the research? Well, you see, when I'm rewriting my program, every single thing that I put on Google is, okay, um, for example, um, limiting beliefs and neuroscience. And every time <laughs> I, I, I put like, like every single thing that I used to Google anyway, um, I now put that always linked to neuroscience to see what is neuroscience saying and by that specific thing, which is something I didn't do in the past. Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm happy that I picked a lane. I'm happy that um, the lane that I pick um, really resonates and resonates with my clients. Um, and I know it resonates with my clients because I delivered that workshop and everyone went absolutely, like I received WhatsApps and text messages saying, my God, you have totally, um, you know, blown this time. And, 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 you know, when you're doing something that is, um, that you can feel it inside, I think mm. it's that intuition that is telling you that this, this is the right thing for you um it's not it's not right it's not wrong it is just the right thing for me and there is um my intuition that got that inner voice that tells you this is exactly what you're meant to be doing um so so yeah more neuroscience coming my way for sure mm. what um what do you think now having gone on this journey and really figuring out you know, your place in this field and, and your messaging and really starting to, to hone that in. What do you think coaches, practitioners, other helping professionals that haven't quite figured that out yet, what do you think that they need to be doing to, and, mm. and maybe it's not neuroscience for them, maybe it's something else. What, what would you suggest sure. for them? You know, I don't think there is right or wrong. I think that you need to know yourself um, and you need to have that self-awareness and that crystal clear clarity to know what resonates with you first. Mm. Um, um, I guess there is a lot of value thing um, 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 coming into place there. Um, and, then, and then think about your ideal client. Think about your ideal client. Like, who do you work with? Um, you know, what, what, what is their language? You know, what is their background? What do you think is going to, to, to resonate with them? But I think the first is you. 
you've got to do something that you absolutely love and you 100% believe in it because or else, you know, regardless of your ideal client, then, you know, magic is not going to happen. But then, as you know, like attracts like. So, of course, um, I love this and this is and this is what I'm passionate about. And this is what I talk all the time um, these days in my social media, in my coffees and restaurants and conversations and networking events. So, of course, I attract all those people that are genuinely interested and curious about this thing that I'm talking about. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say to people all the time. It's like, well, you know what? Maybe a good place to start would be with what you're interested in. Because if you're interested in it, there's a pretty good chance that there are a lot of other people interested in it too. And not only if you're interested in it, they might be interested in it, but you're going to be more interested in investing the time and the energy to develop it rather than just doing it for the sake of, oh, yeah, maybe I can make a few more bucks because these clients might have a little bit more money or something like that. I, I just don't think um, that is sustainable for most people, maybe for a small percentage of people where they're like very financially focused and every dollar counts. And if I can bump it up a few percent here and there, but I think the energy and the interest, right, is, is what drives us the the mastery goals, the intrinsic motivation, all of these sorts of things. Yeah. And, you know, like my workshop, you know, my workshop that I did um, at the beginning of September that had absolutely not the self motivator behind, and I just did it for the love of it. Um, you know, it, it, really, it really transformed um, my state because I was coming out of, uh, a very difficult summer and my energy was very low. So the energy I got from the group and the interest and all those messages and that feedback. So that alone, even if I wasn't selling anything and I didn't have any and a sales agenda, I, I, that workshop didn't really had a commercial agenda, but that workshop put me in such a place that I was, that was it. I was, you know, after that, actually, I had the highest sales month since I started my coaching business. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't directly correlated to the workshop because I wasn't selling anything. It was the impact that workshop created and the bus and the energy that it gave me that meant that I had higher sales months. So and how you much know, motivated to continue on and push forward and create more and develop more. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Anything else that you'd like to share with them about this journey you've been on? Any advice, tips, takeaways? Well, you know, I'm going to take this quote of Stephen Jobs that uh, he says, uh, "Follow your your intuition. She knows who you want to become." You already know who you want to become. Love it. So, um, so uh, that has really proved to be true. Um, and when I have followed my guts and I haven't used my logical brain and I haven't listened to what others were telling me, um, things have happened to 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 really uh, work for me. So, 
So I am someone very intuitive and somebody who actually follow her gut instinct more than her brains to start with. Um, but now I have the evidence and the proof that actually it has, it works. It works for me. It works for me. And then I guess what I have recently learned is it is less about the outcome. It is less about how many new coaching clients you want to enroll every single month or how much revenue you want to catch, you want to catch every single month. Um, just do what you love and for the love of it, because then everything else will follow. So where can uh, people go to connect with you? Um, website, Instagram? Whatever. I have uh, my website, which is at the moment uh, uh, being, uh, uh, it's, it's part of all this rebranding neuroscience, it's um, um, a new name, new everything. But at the moment, um, it is in BMS slash HRM dot com my website um i am very active in linkedin uh linkedin is my chosen uh social platform so you can find me there in my name Berta Masso. um and then in instagram which is my the new kit on the block um and there i am uh, your career fulfillment coach oh love it yeah um this is an experiment, this Instagram. I am not a social media person. It doesn't come naturally. Um, and I will for sure not be in Facebook because it doesn't resonate with me at all. Um, I found Instagram to be more engaging and more friendly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is, this is a new account that I have, that I opened two months ago because um, I had my personal account and people were wanting to connect with me. And I am very private. If I don't know you, I will not accept your connection in my personal account because I have, you know, my 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 children there. I have, you know, my 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 stuff, my personal life. So unless I know you, um, I will not accept your connection. And then they, I said, well, this is not a very smart way to do business. That people want to connect with you and you are declining yeah. <laughs> all their connections. This is not a very smart way to, to build and grow and, 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 and nurture your audience. Um, so that's when I decided to create uh, 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 my coaching, uh, my, which is open. I don't have to accept. So you can just go in and, uh, and that's your, your career fulfillment coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, we'll put the links in the show notes so you can connect with Berta on um, LinkedIn, Instagram, and uh, check out the website as well. Berta, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure and great thank to see you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Love it. That's it for this episode. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and then head over to brainfirsttraininginstitute.com to join our community of coaches. And for resources and products to help you upgrade your brain and life, including interviews with leading neuroscientists and health and high performance experts, go to mybrainfirst.com. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.